about that Billy? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the Middle East. Tell me about your thoughts on the Middle East. Well, I just realized, I mean, I had a complete psychotic break about it. Like a genuine psychotic break. I oh. spent I spent like six days or so absolutely convinced World War Three was about to start. Like absolutely convinced. Are to you? The- oh, Katie, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. They, no, I wish I mean, you'd reached out. I wish you'd reached out. No, they, I'm sorry. Because it's that's literally what David and I, David Moulton and I were just meeting, you know, for uh, brunch. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we were just talking about this exact thing. Like exact thing. The emotional war. The It's not even a mind war. It's a yeah. heart war. <laughs> go on, go on, go on. What were you, what, and what were you discussing? No, just exactly that. That it's so powerful right like first of all they have everyone right they've got the entire left the entire libtard most of the right wing everyone's acting out of emotion everyone's acting yeah. out of emotion right yeah. now because the second you get into the realm of reason uh and thought everything falls apart like none of this makes any sense everything's irrational so there's no point in bringing things to like uh a discursive level about like history and like reason and uh, I, real ideology real material things of how we actually got to where we are that's not relevant right now what we need to talk about is world war three and genocide like that's literally like everything well, is just like heart pulling well the thing is the thing is in my that's in my, my in my self-defense before i before i copped of a for full no no you're a human you should you, you, yes please you, I, I, said, I, I most certainly am um as I say, about six days. And it was like, um, it was like a psychotic episode. I was like constantly visualizing like my family, like starving in some post-apocalyptic hellhole. Like I was just having like besieged with visions of like catastrophe. It was horrible and it was also ridiculous. And I told myself like, if it got to a certain Monday and it hadn't happened, this deep sense of intuition would prove itself to be like, in fact, to have been just a psychotic episode. And it got to this Monday and I was like, I think, I think I've just been going, I, I think I've just been going crazy. <laughs> but in my self-defense, I'd be, I was, I've been obsessed with like, bibli- obsessed is a bit strong, but I've been sporadically very interested in biblical eschatology, like my entire yeah. life. You know, it's in the and, um, air, you know, it's going around. <laughs> it's going around. And, and I was, you know, and I was like, um, I used to listen to a lot of like um like prophetic Christian radio and they'd always oh, yeah, yeah. think about the, the rebuilding of the third temple and the significance the dispensations. Of- Do they talk about the dispensations? They were no, they were like anti-dispensation. They were oh. anti-dispensationalist. Okay. So okay. The, the, the certain sort of theological tradition I've always been interested in or drawn to has been the one whereby um the third temple is built in some kind of like you know a, apocalyptic context. Mm-hmm, but the, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the Jewish, the apparent Jewish Messiah, who 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 kind of uh, oversees this, instigates it, is this kind of like Jewish leader, is in fact the Antichrist. Of course, oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And um, but they so you so so they they weren't dispensationalists in the, in, in the way that they thought this would be a kind of a positive kind of culminative unification of Christian and Okay, okay. I, I meant like Earth ages. Do they talk about like planetary ages? I meant I guess like each dispensation. No, I think it's kind of the same. Yeah, we'd be entering a new dispensation. I think there's something uh, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But uh but it's like a new it would be it's a false messiah, right? You're part yeah, of a it's, don't it's, welcome it's, this new temple. And with it, you know, the idea that sort of not necessarily Judaism per se, but Israel is 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 itself a kind mm-hmm. of a satanic kind of a phenomenon whereas like, my, my impression my impression of dispensationalism without knowing it too well is that it it, 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 it extols uh jewish supremacy 
like sort of poorly, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it is completely in accord with it, and it sees it as okay. a sort of a a, a grand yeah. unification process. Um, That's probably true. No, I got this from cable access TV. Like I, yeah. I'm not really even a Christian. Technically, I'm a heretic. So like if i am a christian at all it's a cable access christian like i was literally like the shepherd's chapel really pastor arnold murray really great american uh, series he reads the bible or he used to he's dead now but he would go through the whole bible and do his like analysis it was great he's kind of like a john bircher type so uh, it was yeah. great but yeah. um anyway that's like i'm just saying your i think your analysis is more true to like probably theological grounds and i think your belief is accurate uh, in a sense of it says it in the bible there's going to be a false messiah i probably need to introduce you at some point too well we'll get to that there's gonna be a you need to talk about important issues first the false messiah is said to be a, a well it says that they're it's run by false jews right there's a whole thing of revelations that talks about a, a basically a synthetic synagogue of satan and also like israel being a satanic country happens 500 times in the bible it happens over and over in the old testament they're constantly getting punished by god because they get satanic that's like the theme of the old testament so the idea <laughs> of being like oh it's anti-semitic no it's it, that's their book that's their history just saying yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, I, yeah agreed and um so so to go back to my psychotic break and i had one of my own sorry <laughs> no, <it is. laughs> um, uh so so i had been obsessed with this um relatively for for like my entire adult life okay, okay. And read a lot about it read books about eschatology so on and so forth and and so when just before it kicked off, it, it was published in Haaretz, right? Um, but there was a, there was um, this kind of incursion into the Temple Mount, into the okay, Africa. okay, okay, yeah, but that's, like hundreds of it. hundreds mm-hmm. of Hasidim, like Zionist Hasidim, w- were in there doing like religious chants and things. They okay. stormed it. I believe the uh, the purported Hamas hang glider operation. Um, was well, yeah. uh, Operation mm-hmm. Al Aqsa or something? You know, there was so, and then there was this huge. It was very striking, be- be- beautiful images. That there was a huge um, uh, protest outside Al Aqsa a couple of days after the operation, where it was like looked like thousands of, um, I guess, Jerusalem, Jerusalemite, Jerusalem, Jer- 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 yeah, Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> guys, guys from Jerusalem, Muslims, yeah, yeah. Muslims from Muslims, Muslims from. Ooh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> and, um, and so then I think I think all of my like ne- ne- neurotic interest in this issue, kind of <laughs> kind of like just overwhelmed me, and I thought I thought oh this this is it here we go it's all gonna it's all gonna kick off and then mm-hmm. I started to feel very neurotic mm-hmm. about sort of like living in a stupid city, you know. That's well, yeah, yeah. Or am I gonna have to send my kids off like Narnia, like off to the countryside? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, get, yeah. I get why, because your guys are programmed. England, you are a smaller country. I'm sure the propaganda just affects you differently by per yeah. capita, right? The concentration, it's, in, it's bad here, right? But it's even like probably crazier being that, uh, especially the England's history of like a state television being the backbone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Same is true in America, they, but they did the trick of disguising it as three networks and calling it CBS and NBC. It was always CIA here in America, too. Like, they at least pretended. We pretended it wasn't state TV, but it's a bigger country. And point being, I feel like uh, you could easily... This is why I don't pay attention to this saga. I hear you on some hang glider. I don't know what that means, honestly. I heard of October 7th. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Honestly, I know very little details. I heard someone say it was like what one million nine elevens. That tracks actually in one particular way. That that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Sure, it's exactly like a nine eleven. Oh, some terrorists did some horrible thing that's going to cause you know uh, some kind of 
reaction, some kind of outcome, whatever. To me, the whole thing just feels uh, fake. I get what you're saying, though, because you are, well, A, I wish you had come to me sooner. So I'm sorry you went through six days of terror. But that's the most <laughs> This is what my wife ever. said to me last night. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most KB thing ever to be like, uh, but if there's a day in this future where I like, I still feel this way, but it has not been like affirmed and we move on. Like, oh, that, I love that, KB. That's so funny. That's Thank you. Thank you. That's right. That's the right way to go. But I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I only just sort of like unpacked it because it was weeks ago when I went crazy and then I and stopped. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but, the heat of this, right? The heat of it was very. Yeah. It was an onslaught. It was COVID levels of uh, propaganda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was intense. But I don't really like. I mean, I just see what's on the timeline. You know, I'm not like I'm not like a a mm-hmm. new or something. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, That's how they get you. That's you're how they absorbing. Get you. Yeah, mind you, the timeline was pretty intense, wasn't it? For those it's few all it's all State Department. Like yeah. any short videos you see, someone put any viral video. I guess I'll say I feel like it's put there for a reason. So I'm very sus. But I get. I'm not trying to undermine you because I feel like yeah. I. I think you're correct in what you've actually you're correct because you felt the way, but you also still had a built in mechanism for self uh, affirming. Like you kind of just you know what I'm saying a red pill meter built in like a little timer built in in the background you're like this could also be a psyop the way to go because you can't just turn things off either you can't just say everything's fake because that's not a good way to go about life so you entertain the possibility that what you were observing was reality but you also had a plan for like hey maybe this is also a psyop basically i commend you because i think that is that is honestly like the way to go because too many people just shut things down so quickly. I just didn't know about it because I refused to pay attention. It's a little bit different because like I just, I know, I just, when you start to complain a lot on the timeline. You know, just, you know who I did end up reaching out to actually, ironically, because it was because ooh. of the show. It was just, it was because I was chatting to them a little bit on the day, on the day I was going particularly mental. Mm-hmm. So I just threw it out there. Um, it was Jim the Ninja. Who was, oh, uh, That's was amazing. Probably, was, I just felt was, you know, as you would have been like an each a sort of equivalent to a touchstone in these kind of areas. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. I, um, you are also correct in the sense that if there is what you were hearing, like the, the what would separate this incident, uh, in the Middle East currently, this Gaza kind of whatever, October 7th, whatever, whatever, what would make it different from the preceding 75 years of bullshit that we've had, horrible violence that we've had to be dragged through with seemingly no resolution, which seems surprising to me that nobody can figure out a way to just like either just fucking do it, just fucking gas the Gaza, just fucking do it, <laughs> or just like find a political solution, fucking figure it out, right? We haven't gotten there. We just constantly have turmoil. Okay, what made this different? It would be something like what you described, like uh, an incursion into, the, I always say the, the magic rock, right? If they go up on the magic rock, that's like a big deal of like nuclear weapons. If a red cow comes out, hold, hold your balls, like things are going down, right? But what? I don't know. I don't worry about it too much because like if a nuclear weapon, for example, is like coming to my home, I don't actually want to know about it. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to fucking hear about it. I just want to just like, let's let it happen and just see what goes on. You know what I'm saying? And like, this is so far away. (laughs) I I wasn't actually freaking out about the new. No, no, I'm joking. I was freaking out more about um, like if the world economy, you know, that whole kind of like Mad Max. No, that's the one. Real revelations, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, yeah. And like this is go time. The thing, right? This is where um, my natural skepticism, or as it were, um, instinctive skepticism towards all all news and all current events, kind of rubs against my being a being a Christian, and therefore giving natural credence to biblical prophecy, which has generally been a pretty consistent source mm-hmm. of. Uh, it's been pretty right. consistently accurate, right? 
not bad not not a bad profession. I, no i think it's, it's very legit it's legit on a multiple levels right yeah you can use it for your personal life or for news events in, in a lot of ways you know what i mean i'm sure i'm sure you, i'm sure you do um what's <laughs> i gonna ask um just a minute ago what what did you just say two two statements ago oh i um the magic rock there was like the red heifer and then um oh, the red heifer oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh, okay. i don't know wait let me try to trying to breed the red heifer yeah what in the, I, it is it's all weird it's all weird but no you're completely right that uh you know there's two things i'll say this there's two things in life that you can depend on biblical prophecy and my next guest this evening, because he is a rock. Uh, I was <laughs> to introduce somebody uh, that I don't need to introduce because he is an institution. Uh, I know I always go so overboard, KB, and I've had that. I, I have had a couple of drinks before this uh, recording. It's unusual for me, so I don't want to go too hard. But I just want to say he is a rock. He is the you know, rule Britannia, like whatever. The queen, fuck her. She's died. Couldn't depend on her. But this is America's top brit dad he is somebody you, <laughs> he is somebody you can depend on even if he's worried about possible world war three and uh you know impending armageddon and the fulfillment of biblical prophecy which again yeah. you can't depend on he still has a plan he is still there with us it's like a movie it's like a truly like a british movie it is so like it, this is some c.s lewis shit truly and i am uh pleased to be joined this evening like i said america's next top brit dad as i call him the star of our weekly variety show at the pool house tv network uh in incoming please welcome kb goldtooth to here comes the backlash once again uh, thank you for joining me at kb great pleasure just uh just had to come back on for my self-esteem to get another intro it's they're really good i have they're to say, really good I, yeah, yeah. I think probably some people find it cringe i don't care because i say it from the heart it, i mean i like i'm excited to talk to my guests i don't talk to like a lot of people like honestly like i had to start a podcast to trap people to do exactly this you know so like i'm gonna express my gratitude <laughs> always always excited to talk to you too um, thank you. Now we've had going. This has been like uh, this is, feels monumental. And yeah, that was. I mean, I feel like that was a breathtaking intro. If that is our intro, who knows what we'll get up to here? Because we just we solved apocalypse. We solved Armageddon. We might have done. There might have been half the broadcast. I don't. I don't know right now. It, it doesn't matter because it's all in a moment. Uh, you know, I stole that from the BBC. There's like a famous Lady Gaga video. She does a, a video. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, 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 but you reminded me of the thing I wanted to pick up. Okay, wait. No, no, but you can't be about Lady Gaga this, this is yeah. not even that interesting. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but like Lady Gaga did a cover of Viva La Vida uh, when she was still like starting out. And she was like, it, it actually struck me because I was like, made me realize oh, she actually had some talent or whatever, right? Because it was a little piano cover in studio. And she made the words about like Chris and uh, Chris wait what's his name chris martin and gwyneth paltrow like she changed words it was like really cute she made like her own little version of it and it actually made me see that song in a different way because i was i didn't realize how like fucking like cryptic that song is very esoteric coded like viva la vida interesting song right uh and point being she flubbed the lines a bunch and then this like broadcaster's just like oh like do you want to do it again and she's like no and she's like oh it's all in a moment isn't it love isn't it love i don't know it's just like i say it a lot it's all in the moment i just i say that a lot this is very like basil's uh british uh kind of archetype it's a sort of essex reality type. yes yeah okay yes she's like yeah, very like, she's a soft broadcaster and she's like, it's all in a moment in that love like that and it's really yeah. funny but it is all the moment it is all the moment she's not incorrect i also have this habit of like hearing like autistically little weird uh snatches of things from in, in context that makes sense to me at that time and then incorporating them into my life and almost like my own body of 
being, uh, it's problematic because people don't have the reference. They don't have the context. And so I just sound schizophrenic, which maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Katie, you were reminded of something you wanted to share. Uh, what was your, what was your well, point? Well, you, you mentioned British TV. And I remember last time I was on the show, we did discuss what you just described earlier as being a Britain's particularly sharp uh, saturation mm-hmm, propaganda. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very tight leash around this little tiny mm-hmm. island with mm-hmm. 50 to 80 million ever expanding souls on it. Ever and, changing the color. Yes, ever, <laughs> ever, ever shifting demographics. It's like a prism. <laughs> the, 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 melt, the new, not so much a melting pot, it's like <laughs> sort of nuclear melting or something. But, um, um, uh, and one thing I, I, I don't watch a lot of TV to put it mildly, but like if my mother-in-law is staying or something, she'll, she'll, she'll have the TV on every night. And the British are, I sort of started to notice, the British are very, very, have a particular style of TV making, right? Mm-hmm. Which does seem to travel. Like um, Billy is always saying like, oh, I watched the, the Great British Bake Off or something. You know, maybe you've heard of it. You know, these these random shows. Do you, do you yeah, have- yeah, 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 yeah. They have that here. Yeah, I, I, I hate that show, but yes. It's, kind of, yeah, it's kind of repulsive. There yeah, is, yeah, 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 there is a lot of things. Actually, even like America's top, talent or whatever there's a few shows that come from england american idol i think it actually yeah, 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 yeah. Show, right like there's a lot of formats that we don't even big, uh, big brother. I, don't, I don't know i think yeah, a lot yeah. of like a lot of t- high concept tv comes out of this country and yeah. it's because and it, 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 it's because yeah. tv is used not just to kind of like disseminate messages but to like mm-hmm. mold and dictate the psyche of this country in a way that i think is distinct mm-hmm. And to, to mold the emotional reactions of, of, of England as well, like mm-hmm. to, in the, all these different concepts that for, for, for are on British television are just there to kind of like gently insinuate the massage and manipulate the popular. hundred yeah. percent. And the downstream effect has always been there, like the American downstream effect going back to the Beatles, really. There's always been, in fact, Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan reads to me like a British format. You know what I mean? I mean Lawrence Welk, all these things that like are kind of American institutions probably were done, maybe even on the British uh, radio first, possibly. Uh, these game shows, these reality shows, it's almost like England's kind of the, not even the test ground, it's a, it's a one market, right? I feel it must be just very different in many ways because it is uh, a different demographic and more concentrated, but they read do it again for america many times like a lot of these things do have a second kind of life and if they do serve that purpose in the uk they must also serve a, a similar purpose here uh stateside it's i know it's probably tavistock i guess is what my guess there that's like a, always the conspiracy go-to um and then laundered through i mean here of course it's the independent networks abc nbc and cbs it's not it's not state affiliated in any way you know but in reality, well, no, like NBC for sure is like spooked up. Like MSNBC, all these the news channels, and you might you have to think as Walter Cronkite, the voice of America, was he really just an independent voice? Uh, hardly, you know.
again for us later on you can do no it's good because it's live and it's real and everybody knows now that it's live and it's real it's all in a moment thanks a lot it's good to meet you today thank you so much thank you did you have any strong feelings just go from england to ireland briefly did you have any strong feelings about shane mcgowan's passing oh we did die in general yeah he died last week yeah yeah Wait, who is that? Is that a Shane, Mc- Shane McGowan uh, from the Pokes? Oh, oh my gosh! Okay, I thought that was the MMA fighter that was like, wait, what's who's Conor that? McGregor? Conor <laughs> McGregor. We, we can get to him. We can get. They to all him. look the same to me, KB. I'm sorry. It's like Irish. It's just it is. It's kind of like potato <laughs> people. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. No. Okay, the names do. Okay, for real though, the names all do look the same to me, and like, and except for the ones that get super weird, like the Sorches and the 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 Shabans. Yeah, the like Shabans. Very yeah. strange. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eva. I once knew two Efas. A lot of those Irish come to America to work, or used to come to work in America yeah. for the summer. I knew a lot of crazy Irish. Okay, so I don't care about the Pogues. I guess so I'll go on the record. I don't not, cool, no. not like them. I don't dislike them. They yeah. have never yeah. occurred to me, unfortunately. I think they they. Do you have a Christmas song, maybe? Or yes, there's they, some have, they have a Christmas. Affili- yeah, yeah, okay. I feel like they're on a compilation in my mind of like a uh, new wave Christmas. <laughs> fairy tale, of, fairy tale of New York. Yeah, and I don't know that song either. But you'll hear like, um, I mean, it's, it's got faggot in it. Oh, I in do like that. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and, okay, and I thought okay. it's, be, it's been subject to increasing sort of uh, censorship in the last few years, but you'll still hear it or strains of it like forty-five okay. times at Christmas. And unlike unlike other Christmas, well, I'm not necessarily not trying to write off all Christmas songs, but it is it's on another level. I mean, it's like the opera okay, Christmas okay. or something. It's it it, it travels. The song travels through time, like three times. It's, it's beautiful. It, it changes tempo. It's it's very very emotional, moving song. I mean, it's the most beautiful yeah. Christmas song. And he was born on uh, he was born on Christmas Day. Was. Oh. Uh, was, oh, was, his yeah. Christmas song would be more famous. Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I was posting about this when he died. Um, I was like, uh, made some fairy tale New York joke, and then people said, well, I, "Yeah, okay, yeah." You yeah, don't yeah, really listen to it yeah. in the states. You know, it's not. It's 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 not an institution in the same way. It, it is, is right? not. It's not but, the waitress's uh, Christmas wrapping, which. Well, is not really an institution either, but that's like my new wave Christmas go-to. Okay, I'll, I will try it out. I feel like uh, everyone does love a Christmas faggot, so I think that's like a good thing going for it. But no, the only Irish band I really fuck with is The Commitments. It's like a movie that I saw. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, and the yeah, only yeah. reason I like it is because they say this thing where they're like, Irish are the... We are the niggers of England or yeah, whatever. And the I, blacks is so, what they say, I think. I yeah, think they say nigger. No, they're not shouting about niggers. I'm pretty sure. Maybe. I well. I'll bleep myself out if they didn't say it, but I'm pretty sure I'm gonna find a clip and I'm gonna you have drop to bleep it. Me out there it. As well. yeah, I'm getting it's fine. No, it's fine. Off, I, yeah. No, this isn't an word free. We can use it in in context, uh, assuming that that's what they actually said. I'll I'll, I'll find out later. I'll, that's I look. A good, I'm that's sure a good. That's a good uh, nuance. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think he did say it because I'm pretty sure I posted this to Nani and <laughs> to everyone's horror. Uh, I think I found the screenshot so i'll go back maybe maybe i remember he did say black people and that's why everyone was so put off that i kept saying Nick. pretty sure I don't know. pretty sure you know <laughs> <laughs> okay we weren't here to talk about well although it was so funny do you know agatha christie you know, like this famous mystery writer and uh like yeah, of course I mean, right, she's like yeah, famous yeah. i guess she's not probably like i don't know maybe she's less famous in america but uh her original book um you know once and then there were none. It's this famous mystery novel that, in a, in a play as well, it was originally called Ten Little Niggers. 
It's, then oh, we yeah, can yeah, yeah. Indians, you know. Then, but yeah. I have seen copies of the old, uh, the old edition. I always found that it's a really good story too. It's a great story. There's like a little nursery rhyme, and someone's killing them all. Of course, it's the basis of so many things. No one knows this, but like that is the basis of like half of like horror movies. I swear, it's like someone's being murdered in accordance with a nursery rhyme or like yeah. poem or something. Yeah, you know, nice. I don't know. Again, not what I brought. Uh, not what we gathered to talk about, KB. You know, I can't stick to topics, but we. In our remaining time, like we probably have like 20 minutes left. I don't know. I want to pick your brain, KB. Like, I want to see how much time I can extract. You know, it doesn't, I'm not going to worry about time because we're time warriors and time, we're chronomancers. We don't need to worry about time. <laughs> we're here to talk about what we want to talk about, though. And I do want to ask you some questions, I guess. Um, I don't even know where to start. So I'll, I'll start with yeah. this and just say I had way back in the day, uh, DJ Poolhouse, one of the you know Twitter properties I maintain, like had a hit viral tweet really randomly. And it was just like, a rant I shout out. I literally was like on the toilet. I just ranted something. I don't really remember a lot of it. I haven't read it since then. Actually, maybe I'll look at it while we're talking. I, I probably should have done some preparation. It doesn't matter because it was tr- all true. I, I believed it. It was basically like, hey, like, homo, uh, maybe making a distinction between homoeroticism and homosocial uh, uh, behaviors and how those things can be blurred, maybe for the purposes of starting an all powerful church that is. Uh, <laughs> In defiance of Jesus Christ's real message. I don't know. I don't think I said all that in the piece, but that's what kind of what was on my mind. It's just this idea that maybe uh, like things like sexuality, things like race, things like you know, the concept of the Jews, even things like the concept of a Gnostic or a heretic uh, of a other type of person. These are things that get uh, used in our life. And I think it struck a chord. Some people like really liked it. Some people really hated it. It was one of those things, whatever. And so that's where I started. And we talked a lot about Gnosticism and the notion of like, what is a I don't know, what's an ex- respectable Christian? What's not ex- acceptable for a Christian, you know? And I think it's difficult to map morality onto them. But I just said all that to say, KB, am I going to hell because I'm a heretic? Oh, uh, <laughs> great question. All right, so, so, all right, let, let, let's start with uh, the heresy <laughs> itself. So you, you described, one of the reasons we, we, we scheduled the book was because you described yourself passingly. And I know you don't always, um, you know, what you say in passing isn't always meant to be, um, you know, put in a frame. But uh, you just described yourself as, as, as a, type of gnostic or as a gnostic sure 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 starting starting maybe with that because um gnosticism is something i um i've uh i've been kind of intensely interested in uh, parts of my life um and it's very interesting to see it sort of cycled around presently both in the by the right by the left to a lesser extent by the the conspiracy sphere more generally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and um and and I was in, in of course we had our reading sessions on on Michael Hoffman, where he basically um, accuses the entire kind of uh, this sort of you know secret society oligarchy as being fundamentally gnostic. That's for the mm-hmm. term he, mm-hmm. he accuses them of being. So I was I thought maybe a place to start would be to if if it's something you care to unpack, how would you unpack yeah. your sense of being a gnostic and what does it mean to you? That is it. That is important in knowing if I'm going, you know, to go to hell or not. I, I guess I do, should unpack a little bit of that. What is the heresy? What heresy yeah. are you talking what is about? Okay, well, I'm going to say, yeah, no, that, that's fair. That's fair. The Gnostic piece, I want to say, uh, leaning into that, I think, is a lot to do with the fact that it's being used as like a slur currently, right? It's become, what does Gnostic even mean? It could mean a lot of things. There is a specific definition within the church 
I've always found the churches, uh, the relationship to Gnosticism suspect, I guess, right? So Gnostics to me really just means anybody in this early period of Christianity really falls into some form of Gnosticism because there's not really a formal church. Everyone's kind of doing their thing. There's all these different variations of Christianity. I definitely think like the early teachings of Christ, they're Gnostic teachings, right? He implies there's a secret teaching. It's stated that there's kind of this like inner teaching for the disciples. He's a mystic himself, like in many ways. There is a mystical element to Christianity, I think, at the, at the heart of it. Anybody now who delves into the mystical element of Christianity, I guess we'll say, uh, post, you know, 300, whatever, 30, 80, post Nicene Council, post the institution of a church, and then later other churches, is regarded with suspicion because they're, you know, going outside of the rules, right? They're coloring outside the lines. Now, they're allowed to do all the Gnosticism they want. They're allowed to do mysticism. They're allowed to, you know, venerate saints and declare certain people to be kings. Even, you know, they they use their uh, godly power and they have their secret insights into the teachings and their way of applying it. But never mind all that. Like, there's certain people who uh, go outside of our rules. They are heretics for whatever reason. And the Gnostics, to me, it's like, well, of course they're going to. These are the same people who murdered Gnostics, right? The Christians were persecuted by who would later become the official church. So I think it's not to knock the church. I, I, again, I don't want to knock the church because I think there's a lot of value in institutions and no institutions. They're never fully good or bad. There's a lot uh, of both. But there's obviously politics, right? There's obviously a political climate that birthed the need for a Christian church in Rome. Why did they switch? Why did they just keep their pagan uh, temples going? For example, uh, there's also the obvious element where a lot of that pagan Christian uh, or pagan you know, teaching was obviously kind of melded in one point or another with the, the church, right? There's a lot of overlap between uh, like the solstice, right? And then the assigning of Jesus's birth on the 25th, for example, could be seen as maybe a, an overlap between pagan religion. So to me, it's like, okay, I go outside the lines, so what? Ultimately, I'm not a Christian, I guess, because I'm like homosexual, that seems by the official church also not allowed. That's a separate but related kind of issue, I mm -hmm. guess. But to me, I guess Gnostic is just like anybody who it colors outside the lines. And now in today's climate, because it's so, it's anti-vax, right? It's transphobe. You're a Gnostic. It's just another slur. It's just another word. No one knows, but no one's went into any of the stuff I've ever just talked about to you. Maybe no one's ever thought about a single bit of that for a second. That means witch to them. That means like leftist. And they use it as a slur. And I think it's bullshit because a lot of these people became, again, Catholic 18 months ago. Right, right. <laughs> That's so where I'm at. So I, 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 so so gnostic is often is is being used maybe to denote like an esotericist, an esoteric mm -hmm. Christian, um, or a or or an uh, an unorthodox Christian, uh, you know, any mm -hmm. any kind of her, her, heretical, experimental for with and around Christianity. Whereas the specific heresy of Gnosticism is what's made it so famous and is what's so interesting, right? And I was wondering to the extent that you would identify with this also. And this is just to, to reiterate, um, I'm, it's, it's incredibly famous, but, um, you know, it's the, the notion that material, uh, the root cause of Gnosticism, the root cosmology of Gnosticism is that there were these, there was the one, you know, this kind of perfect, stable, unitary, dull, you mm -hmm. know, transparent mm -hmm. form of being mm -hmm. something happened something kind of almost cosmic cosmic or physical happened that, that ruptured it mm -hmm. and all of these kind of different levels of emanation sprung from it the the lowest of which perhaps uh, maybe i'm wrong there was uh was, yeah. was our universe our plane of reality and this was um this kind of cosmic event was kind of um turned into a kind of fable about uh these kind of entities these godlike entities who um, mm -hmm. 
leading to the creation of our realm being the, the famous demiurge. So we are shards mm -hmm. of one um, embedded in a lie of consciousness and a lie of material material reality. And mm -hmm. this was, and this was, if you read about the roots of the, the, the Gnostics, it, it's very, very interesting because what they're basically responding to with this sort of cosmology of this hypothesis is um, this kind of subtle rupture between the Old and New Testaments, right? You know, well, the tension between um, uh, Judeo law, uh, Judaic law, and uh, and kind of Christian moral transcendent law between um, Mosaic mm -hmm. law and and, and, and the kind of um, uh, the, the Christ's kind of uh, more pervasive, um, more mm -hmm. sort of spiritual morality, and the, and the and the fact that and the tensions between uh, Jewish and Gentile Christians and between uh, the the Jews and the Christians of that of that period and the, and the fact that mm -hmm. Jews called Christ mm -hmm. and such like all of those very obvious points of friction between this sort of thing which is at once a continuance of and a kind of a, a, a complete reimagining of you know in terms of Christianity as against Judaism and Gnosticism basically because the Gnostics assumed or believed in as it were the divinity or uh, of the Old Testament ideas, you know, the, the, the Yahweh character was indeed considered to have been the creator of, of, of heaven and earth, the creator of this material reality. But because this same tradition was seemingly subtly repudiated by Christ, rather than sort of find ways of squaring the circle, they, they kind of cut the, the thing in two. And they said, every, this, this reality is itself a lie, you know, Christ was a was an emanation from some greater reality, but, but and and what we have to do is return to it. And then there was the 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 Greek contemporary influence, which is the philosophical influence, which is the idea of gnosis as well. You know that you know mm -hmm. it, it's just the old philosophical idea that thought is 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 the um, vehicle for transcendence. You know, and the thing that can and also the sort of um, the dualism that pervades a lot of Greek philosophy. And so. That was what Gnosticism was. And this idea of a kind of a fake false reality is an incredibly powerful metaphor and symbol and concept. You know, and I think it it remains very, very enticing and provocative. And it remains a very, very agile metaphor for when you're looking at contemporary cultural phenomena, right? Like, so as you say, the right we call the left Gnostics because I suppose, I, I don't actually know why they do it, but why they say that. But my assumption is, but it's because the left repudiates all authority, because the left is completely nihilistic. So it's in some way tearing everything up that's around it because it disbelieves in the soundness of that reality. Um, the um, simultaneously, the um, you could look at conspiracy theorists um, or conspiracy per se as fundamentally mm -hmm. agnostic, because particularly the more like extreme version that we all kind of you know in this community or whatnot we all partake of right which is like this ab almost absolute skepticism or definitely the potential for an absolute skepticism you know a, you know the, the omnipotent psyop was a phrase i heard a year or so ago where absolutely everything can be analyzed as as as, as false as emanating from some like deep falsity and you know, I, I, so 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 this kind of this is a it's a it's a very kind of agile metaphor. It's a very very kind of powerful idea. And I was interested, first of all, in in, in knowing to what extent you would ascribe to that or relate that concept to your 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 political reality principle, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, 
Okay. That was very provocative. That was very good, actually. Okay, I'll say this. Am I a Gnostic TM, I guess? Maybe is what you're asking. No, <laughs> not no, 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 no. In a sense, like, well, okay, for, okay, there's a few things. So I think there's no, okay, uh, there's Gnosis, right? There's also Gnostics. Are they automatically intertwined? Uh, I would say no. I think Gnosis is something separate from the Gnostic TM. And there's Gnostic as a noun, maybe, maybe Gnostic as an adjective. Maybe we could say that because I think there is a way of approaching the world that is Gnostic or a, a, a way of thinking about the world that is Gnostic, but it maybe doesn't uh, neatly correlate with exactly what you laid out. Well, first of all, does something go wrong with creation? I don't know for sure, but our planet is unfortunately tilted and our ocean water is undrinkable. It's very curious, but I don't know. I don't know what caused that. Maybe that was intentional in the design. I, I don't know. Point being that maybe there's room for, uh, there's room for interpretation of the Old Testament. Let me just say that. I think that's, that's actually built into the Jewish tradition. These texts are Gnostic inherently in the sense that they're like not written. I don't think they're written literally. I don't think the Old Testament is written, but it's cobbled together, right? So there's a lot of things going on. One thing I consider is maybe there's multiple characters uh, being described as Yahweh in the Bible, the Old Testament. Maybe there's multiple people being ascribed to one figure. We know these texts are compiled from different sources. So like maybe there's some either deception or confusion or just like uh, it's, it's kind of the same thing, but it's kind of different. There's a, a distinction not being made that could be made that would actually clarify, which we do know is actually the case because of books left out of the Bible. Right. So there's like books of uh, Enoch, books of the Gnostic Library. Right. There's the, the time around the time of uh the Christian writings that were just not codified, they do give a little more context to the times, right? So I think that to me is like more in the broadly like Gnostic adjective. Can I just say that the, the, the Gnostic Gospels deserve to be left out. They're a bit hokey. They have, they have none of the kind of poetry, sparse grandeur for gospel. They're, 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 they're a bit. Okay, well, what about the Book of Enoch, though? Like that is a fascinating. Those are fascinating texts. It's curious to me that they were uh, not curious, but they, they well, don't have, part, to, so they don't have to be codified. As I understand it, parts of Enoch are within the Old Testament. Enoch's right? reference, but there, it within, doesn't go into. Um, Genesis, there's, I guess. Yeah, this goes more into, uh, I guess, you know, like this is what weird, like uh, it, it orders of heavenly angels and, you know, kind of like a, a backstory towards creation. It, it's Gnostic. It goes into like a more depth into like the uh, way that heaven works, I guess, the, the order of heavens, like the, the way of creation. There's more richness. I and mean, it's like, honestly, the why I like Gnosticism, honestly, at the end of the day, is it's like fantasy Christianity, right? It's fantasy religion. Mm -hmm. It's it's blending the imagination uh, and the spirit of kind of just like adventure and like what people are interested in with what the church has frankly bled dry. They have made it as fucking impossible as possible to like really get into this stuff. You really have to want to, right? Which is fair to a degree, but you would think like, um, I know, like, in some ways, it's appealing, right? But I don't know. I think that the texts tend to be dry. I think they get, I don't know, the church tends to be more boring, right? There, there's a reason they're losing people, I think, to a certain degree. They're <laughs> not bringing to life the rich historical, like, nature of the Bible. The Bible is really fascinating. It is a living scripture. It really is the living word of God. It really can apply in so many different ways to, to life. And it really just feels, it feels alive, right? And it's of a historical time. So to me, it's like, why would you, why'd you like put all that in the background and like really focus on the, just the dead letter? Who is really worshiping the, who's really worshiping the dead matter? Is it the Gnostics or is it the church who's like all about the church and the forms and the, the procedure to it? I would say a fault. They, tend to prioritize, they over-prioritize the ritual elements, the outward elements over in many ways, like uh, maybe the inner spiritual nature. That's, that's a criticism, I guess. But I, um, yeah, to me, 
there is a lot more imagination in narcissism. But I, I, I will say this: I don't believe that matter is bad. I don't think right. God is imperfect. I do not think God is imperfect at all. Like I think that's crazy, and I don't think that's. I think there's a really narrow version of narcissism that was probably benefited by the church to define in such a way because um, narcissism to me does can't be really one thing because it's based. If it's truly based on gnosis, there's going to be some commonality, but is coming through individuals right so it's going to be expressed and it's going to be understood by each person i guess maybe in their own way truly like true narcissism can't really be taught or communicated to other people right the whole nature of gnosis is that it's not transmittable through like normal means right it's only really communicated through this like inner knowing so to me it's like being called a Gnostic, it's like whatever it is, it feels like a fake label because it's at the end of the day you can't really define i guess like a a spiritual nature right in, in a sense spirituality is ineffable it needs to be beyond description but i do think i where i think i disagree definitely is like this idea of like dead matter that matter is like it needs to be transcended that um that we're all gods i am the only god really there's like this kind of interpretation of that which that is actually a, to me more vedic honestly that comes like from a different place or maybe even more judaic possibly you could say but that's not coming to me from narcissism per se uh but that is like, I think the criticism from like a James Lindsay, uh, and also there's a conflation of hermeticism. So this is really weird. James Lindsay says hermeticism is good actually, but Gnosticism is bad. And I think it's fucking backwards. I think it's so insane. If you're going to make one of them bad. Hermeticism is the obvious one to go after. It's way more satanic. Like, yeah. I don't know, that's way more anti-Christian to me, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Gnosticism, yeah, yeah. which is rooted in basically the same thing. So I find that very sus, by the way, that he does that. Anyway, that might be the point being that there's that narrow view, and I think that narrow definition is the contemptible, right? I don't agree with that narrow definition of Gnosticism, but I don't think that's all that it could be about. And I think what happens is that that gets kind of uh, highlighted and scapegoated so that that becomes what the bigger picture is so that people don't ask questions about what this could be, you know? And it's convenient. It keeps people in line like it's supposed to. Like, I don't... Do, I don't believe in black magic. I don't think people should do spells. I don't think people should be doing like witchcraft. And I think that's what Jesus is talking about when he talks about condemning kind of like the the old way. I don't think people should sacrifice blood to a god to like get what they want, right? That's, I think, con contemptible. But a lot of that is built into it's built into war, right? We see we see people sacrificing blood at the altar of uh, war gods right now in the Middle East, you know, in, in the name of these uh, monotheistic religions that are anti-Gnostic. So that's my rant, I guess, to KB. <laughs> that's my, that's my uh, rebuttal. It's a very, it's a very good rant. Um, so, <laughs> so, so to hone in momentarily on like Please. a different way of, of phrasing the approach, which is this metaphor of the demiurge, mm. thinking, it, thinking of it more as a metaphor rather than a specific faith necessarily. Um, what what does what does the metaphor mean to you? Where do you think it's most pertinent? Particularly given like the kind of deep contemporary political skepticism that I think we broadly share. You know, it, it, does it hone in? Um, does it come into focus there, or would you apply it also or separately to a perception of the world itself? I mean, you know, I, I guess it's the relation between illusion and reality, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I don't think about demiurge that much, to be honest, but I will tell you this. I think, well, first of all, uh, a demiurge-like figure to me seems uh, a Luciferian kind of or satanic. It seems like uh, more of like a fallen angel, which is actually just, that is described like biblically, right? There is mm -hmm. like the, the, for the 
first son of like the closest angel to God, right? His favorite, like before Jesus, his first favorite son uh, falls or whatever. And it seems like there might be more to that story that we're not fully getting the, the total details of <laughs> in that relation, in that story. But like, okay. But it's also the, the Debinger to me, it's irrelevant because it's just like the archetype of, it's, <laughs> It's the stand between, like, God is unknowable, right? We can't really completely conceive of God, but something created us. So it's kind of like a stopgap to me. If the Demiurge is evil, if the Demiurge is imperfect, it's because we're imperfect. Uh, it's not, it, God didn't create us to be imperfect. Something happened, right? And by the way, it's in the Bible. Something happened. Something went wrong because, like, happened, we fell. Yeah. That wasn't in the plan either, right? Something did go wrong. The snake tricked somebody. Like, it's interesting. So there's a drama, right? There is a drama to the cosmos. Like, yeah. that is... That is there. I think the demiurge, like, I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot of focus on that. And there is a cult, right? There are cults of like demiurge, like kind of worship in this like kind of interpretation of Gnosticism. There's this idea, I mean, demiurge is really rooted to me to like uh, the grand architect of the universe and like Freemasonry, uh, like this idea mm -hmm. of like kind yeah. of like, um, the, yeah, a Saturn-like figure almost who's kind of like mapping out the world, you know? Uh, to me, it's ultimately probably like a symbolic uh, representation of some sort of just cosmic properties some way that the universe physically manifests uh that's how it kind of takes shape it takes shape in this way that we resembles like a, a demiurge it looks like it's it looks like someone's creating us you know what i mean like there's some kind of just like effect and we're projecting i think we're projecting a lot of stuff onto a lot of things in spirituality but especially to our, our father figure the demiurge i think there's just a lot of it's sex lectics, I guess yeah it's a lot of daddy issues <laughs> i think that i think that's why hoffman calls them uh, Gnostics, right? Because he's actually saying that they worship a demiurge for grand architects, mm -hmm. which isn't actually Gnostic at all. That's like a false use of the term. The Gnostic mm -hmm. repudiated the demiurge. The demiurge was their was their main bad guy of the, 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 mm -hmm. the thing mm -hmm. forced to be uh, eluded, transcended, etc. Mm -hmm. But with relation to that, um, yeah. So you touch upon the fall, which is intensely uh, relevant, right? Because that's the way that the, the kind of Christian conception is presented, that you can see immaterial reality, the work of God, yet mm -hmm. it is the work of God disfigured by our mm -hmm. own doing or something. And mm -hmm. I, maybe from there, that's quite a good jump off to, to thinking about your um, your sexology, which is um, <laughs> what you were... Sex electives. Uh, which and is, it's co-presented co by Neobactrian. We're, we're, it's co-sponsored. Yes, indeed, yeah. indeed, indeed. And was probably most thoroughly like uh, put forth in, in that thread that you mentioned earlier, which was really good and which is why I reached out to talk about it. So let's go into that. Do I have it right that your conception there is that like heterosexuality and homosexuality are like a, uh, are like a split atom? You know, there's some kind of like false separation of them which is a kind of historical phenomenon and has created these kind of adjunct types rather than some kind of uh, holistic kind of uh, sense of sex, holistic original sexual being. Yeah, it's caterpillar and butterfly, I guess. It's like making them two separate things. You know, there's supposed to be one thing, but there is like something happening, right? Where I learned about homosexuality is from a, like a family planning book from like Kaiser, which is like the, in California, we have this thing called Kaiser. It's our like national health, right? It's through your work. It's um from a former like aluminum company, Henry Kaiser. He turned it into a health insurance company. And that's where everyone in like, California basically gets their, um, their medical treatment. In the fifties, they had a book that was like their family planning one. I remember reading it. it 
And there's other sources, it's not just this one, but it was like commonplace. It's like, oh yeah, you're going to go through a homosexual phase. Essentially, it's like, oh, it's not uncommon for, especially boys, for uh, some kind of homosexual uh, phase, like, especially like in a pre, kind of like what you call like a preteen, maybe now like prepubescent kind of uh, phase. And then it's like, and if they don't outgrow it, you know, call us up. We've got some shock treatment, like <laughs> injections for you, you know, whatever. Uh, that was like the thinking, you know, and that makes sense to me. Uh, over, I guess, like, uh, there's an ineffable nature inside, to me, yeah, an ineffable nature inside someone that there is to a degree, right? There is a, like a homosexual personality, I guess, as what I would say. There is kind of like a gay sensibility that's not always limited to homosexuals, I should say, first of all, but it's like, uh, that maybe is something that's more uh, inherent, right? But the idea that every gay person is just magically born, just like trans people, of course, because that's the reason I really attack this is because it's used to justify trans kids, which is the worst lie of the 21st century. Like, we're born this way. No, maybe it makes sense that it was uh, some factors, a combination of factors of you're born this way because everyone's born this way to a degree. You know, everyone's going to go through it in maybe a different way. It's not going to manifest in everyone. It's a, it is a spectrum, right? And people are going to end up at the end of the day on some place in that spectrum, maybe some other factors, uh, you know, lock you into place, arrested development. I don't think it's, that wasn't an crazy thought that was not unthinkable until like the the 90s when they started pushing born this way you know so yeah that is kind of my thinking is that um people shouldn't be so afraid I just, it, it's stigmatized it's really the stigmatization that is really the issue though because they use the stigmatization to put this fear in every male of homosexuality and so it's like because it's a natural part of evolution the thought that you might be gay is now, oh my gosh, it's so bad. It, it problematizes it. It benefits, of course, like the church or institutions of power because now you've got to turn to somebody to like to fix you or to like there's this anxiety. It's a problem. You're stigmatizing something that is actually, I think, natural. Uh, and so it disservices it disservices everyone, right? Um, and it, whatever. I'm not against gay people, obviously. I'm a, I am a homosexual. It's going to happen. I just don't think it needs to be uh, institutionalized as a natural thing that's just going to happen and we need to teach children about it very at a very young age just like the, the trans thing it's like no it, it's just something that's going to happen to some people of course and we should accept them but the idea that it's um this, that that's what's inherent that everyone's either one of these magic categories at birth which makes no sense which makes no sense and it goes against nature of course like what what that makes no sense i get that it happens in nature whatever i get that it happens all throughout society i get that but this idea of a gay class is new and it is being underpinned it is one of the shibboleths just like the holocaust is a shibboleth for the nato and the post-war order born this way is the fundamental like myth of this like it, this other kind of transhumanist agenda which they call lgbt and so yeah I, that's a long answer i guess but yeah they, it's it's unfortunate that that happens because it, it makes everybody on walk on eggshells gay and straight mm -hmm. it's interesting actually it sort of suggested like uh the, the debate that q was stirring up uh around uh gay adoption and he was being accused <laughs> of, uh, of, of homophobia and such like um what was your uh what, what's your uh your, your position on gay adoption is uh no way no how right okay so this thing is just better than surrogacy sure. i'm not gonna say like no I, I don't i'm not prescriptive i'm not honestly i'm not prescriptive not no, no, like, i don't think yeah, that yeah, way yeah. you know like i'm not really political so people are gonna people are gonna do what they're gonna do i <laughs> think adoptions makes more sense to me uh i sure, think yeah. it's weird with like okay first of all it's like you are homosexual and you decide to get married and that, did you really need you need the kids okay like men okay adopt that's fine that makes i guess a little bit of sense don't 
adopt a boy, please. Like, why? Why do you need a son? That's weird to me. You failed. You already failed at this. Like, you don't. Why now? You want a son? It makes no sense. Why are you going to be able to reproduce all this failure? No, take a daughter. You'll be good at that. That makes sense to me. Daughters actually make a lot of sense to me. Uh, sons. We see how that turns out, right? We see how it turns out. But like the surrogacy pieces, like. I think it's weird for straight couples. I've always felt it was weird to just yeah, be making it into sure. a business, a biomedical business. It's kind of uncomfortable. Leasing bodies makes me uncomfortable. I call me old fashioned, I guess, you know, yeah. but like, I don't know, like, yeah. And then it's like not even both of your children. It's one of your children because you cannot take two sperms and make a baby. So like one of you is fundamentally not biological parent already. So there's this like weird power imbalance. You want to talk about power imbalances. One of the parents is not the real parent. It's an adoptive parent. And when it's a biological parent, it's fucking just psychotic. It's a psychotic behavior. And again, like just go, I told Mel this, if you want a baby, go make a baby. It's no one took that off the table. You can do it the old fashioned way if you really like want to figure it out. Like, but it has to be a transaction. Is that really what God intended? Like you want to talk about, I love like these homo cons that are like super Christian and they're like adopting babies. It's like, is that really how it was meant to go? Like an adoption at least is like an act of charity, you know? Mm, agreed. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, I, so I suppose, um, the degree to which Gnosticism could be a functioning metaphor is is the uh, false di sexual dichotomy itself, right? The imposition of false sexual dichotomy, mm. like as demiurgic potentially. Uh -huh. yeah. uh -huh. Where I see it is like Gnostic TM is yeah, it's um. <sighs> it separates everybody right it's it's fake what it does is it's fake it gives people this belief that they are finding themselves which is gnosticism's gift right you're going to be able to like become a god or like find your higher self whatever like whatever new age promise you think you're getting from gnosticism but going all the way back right it's this uh, secret the secret teaching you found yourself but you're actually like buying into something right you're not yes you may be a homosexual when you're doing homosexual acts but like did you really find yourself i think it's a or substitute i think you're you're not discovering the uh, gay sensibility right that's not really what it's about either it's not about finding the the truman capote in you it's not about finding the you know like whatever the um the billy jean king within your within you know it's about being part of a conglomerate like a corporate type of agenda so to me it's like it's anti-gnostic really but that's what but all of this stuff is is it's like whether it's it's anti-christian it's anti you know it's anti-gnostic all of it whatever this weird secret religion is whatever it is that powers all of this it's anti all of it so i actually think like yeah the christians should not be at war with the gnostics anyway because they have so much in common right there's so much more in common really i think that than that what separates gnostics and christians first of all because there's a lot of rooted understanding i think maybe they got there in different ways maybe they uh Think things of uh, things differently but fundamentally they're not satanists in, in theory right they're not pagans they're not mm. necessarily out there uh worshiping mammon there seems to be like some people who are there seems like there are people who do believe in those things and believe that blood should still be spilled you know for for sacrifice and they don't have a name we don't know what they're called they're out there they let us call them every other name but that you know and so to me it's just like it's it's all inversion. Whatever this thing is, it's a, it's like a Luciferian kind of inversion. Always, it goes there even to the rainbow, right? They are using the rainbow for LGBT. It's a symbol of the covenant of God, right? With like Noah, it's supposed to come again at the end times, right? But maybe it has, right? Right? But like it's uh this instead they've grafted it onto Stonewall, their own Bible, their own fucking foundational myth. It's really disgusting, and I think it's a. <laughs> 
It's a way of subverting it. It's a way of subverting it so people won't see the signs when they come. It's a way of taking that away from people. That's satanic. That's not Gnostic. It's satanic. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a maybe a, a diversion into the Middle East might actually be uh, timely and relevant. Um, we were we were disagreeing in the chat the other day lightly about um, about the the veracity of uh, Amy Therese's uh, uh, <laughs> Israelphilia, not to say. Yeah. Well, she, she loves ID. I think it's just IDF. I think she thinks oh, she's horny. Let's just be real. Okay, she's yeah, horny yeah, yeah, yeah. for an IDF soldier. Aren't, aren't we all to some degree? For sure. Certainly, I, the, the gay the gay part of myself is uh, was a lot. <laughs> the world's gayest army, truly. I thought yeah, the US, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're like the world's US is like the world's gayest army, and Israel has the world's like true. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. What about Amy Therese? Wait, can I do? Her- she does not like me well she doesn't like you can have you she actually we're uh, dj pool house her our friends it's complicated but uh you know she's a character yeah. she's a character <laughs> she's a character yeah yeah, yeah yeah what do you think of what do you think of her uh relationship to Israel in light of her return to Twitter. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not skeptical of it because for the reason, for reasons that I said, like, um, uh, she's she's Lebanese Catholic by by roots. Yeah. They they have like historical beef with the Palestinians, like, and yeah. and with Islamism more generally, mm-hmm. and they're not generously inclined. I, I mentioned that I, when I was last leaving the states, which was mid psychotic episode. Yeah. Uh, I got a, a sort of one of those sort of 4 a.m. taxis to the airport, which is always like so desolate, particularly <laughs> leaving America somehow. Like the edges of your cities are so. Yeah. So, yeah. We always put the airport on the edge of the city. Yeah. I think that's yeah. for some kind of extinction level plan. They put all the airports really far out and they're always yet yeah, in desolate areas. But I mean, it's also for. It's a human tendency, but um, like a global tendency. <laughs> no, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> no, but 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 there is something about the the the, the American wasteland feels more more abandoned and desolate. It's liminal, right? Yeah, it's fucking liminal as hell. <laughs> and I'm, I'm always just like you know jet lag, staring out the, the dark taxi window, mm-hmm. at just like lots of cars and weird, dangerous bending motorways, and <laughs> and I just oh, it, it fills you with despair like nothing else. But um, my my taxi driver was a uh, a Lebanese uh, Christian by birth and to a degree by upbringing. And he, he I got the sense he'd left in his like twenties or something and was now just like a 60 year old American cabbie, 60 something American cabbie, you know? And, uh, and he, so he had that kind of weird mixture of like a Middle East accent with a kind of like East coast brogue, you know, and he was, he was, he would, he couldn't wait. I had my bum hadn't touched the seat and he was enthusiastically extolling the chance of a, of a third world war, which given my neurotic, you know, state of mind was not. That's right. Was, yeah. He sounds so funny because he's Middle Eastern, but he sounds Jewish. It's what's so funny. Everything is, so, you just put a yarmulke on him. He's a Jew. <laughs> well, why not? You know, but I, um, I, I'd, I'd summoned him from my unconscious, obviously as my, um, as my, uh, you know, what's the word, uh, boatman. And um, and uh, and he was he was jubilant that there was that, that, we, that there was seemingly a pending world war because a lot of uh, Palestinians and Iranians would hopefully die. That was his main, you know, that was his main. Yeah, everyone has main their point state, of view. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so there is this kind of instinctive ethnic kind of sympathy with Israel in this particular conflict, which is kind of events, and also like um, 
you got if you contextualize because I love Amy Therese's like posting and writing like I love her pro style and, and she's yeah, a character and so I, I feel a lot of affection for her. But then if you look at like uh, that issue and I remember in in real time as they say through COVID feels like there's a little bit of revisionism on her part that, that has gone on since then mm -hmm. in, in real time she couldn't you know the idea of just locking everybody up. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to be completely secure and sure, and for you know, I I don't think she really cared about it or, uh, a little bit. You know, she's the, the, uh, I guess she's a form of conservative authoritarian, you might yeah, say. And, and you know, yeah, and so so uh, you know, I it's the relative kind of uh, order of Israel as against the kind of uh, unruliness of like uh, of Gaza and the, the, the wider Islamic world. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. that's leftism like, to that, yeah. <laughs> that's the fundamental kind of opposition, right? Yeah, and which is which is also totally, can be transposed. Yeah. And it is, yeah. Which you can transpose to the left, as you, I think you were just yeah, saying. Totally. Yeah, In yeah. reverse, right? You know, it's like, oh no, like a well-run society, you know, where people have jobs. Prefer exactly. the, much prefer the kind of pile of rubble on, on handouts over here. You know, mm -hmm. so I took it right, and I, and I like it. I, I quite enjoy that she kind of um, mounts this kind of uh, obstinate position. It's kind mm -hmm. of entertaining, but uh, I, I sometimes tempted to get into it with her, but I always end up deleting the thing. I always think, oh, where does this? You're either going to get ignored if you make a good point, or you know, no, it does not. I'm going to save you if you stumble. You know, so I, I just kind of. I just re retreat a it's little not bit. Worth it, trust me, I I regret ever coming up against her. No, that's wait. Okay, when you were describing your a taxi ride, like the liminal space uh, at four a.m. That's like perpetual a.m. That's where Amy Therese tweets from per permanently. So oh, when you yeah, 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 I was like, was your cab driver Amy yeah. Therese? Maybe that was her. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. in disguise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It's just a, it's just a picture of the Red Bull, right? Like that could be any. That was six years ago. Like it could be, it could be anybody. Like I had uh, some other point, but it's really funny to think about Amy Therese being some like Lebanese uh, <laughs> yeah, driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish Amy, I do wish Amy well. There is something strange. There is something strangely, uh, I know everyone's kind of just shown their asses, I guess. It's kind of really interesting. That's what makes me feel like this is such a desperate moment. It makes sense to me that you were in the US when you had your psychotic episode, because then it's like you're taking, you probably have a really good defense against British propaganda, frankly, but like I feel like I now it's a good warning to me if I'm in the UK. It's like, like it's you know it's a fish out of water kind of thing it's almost yeah, yeah. it's almost yeah. reality but it's the air is missing a little bit it's a yeah, little bit yeah, off yeah. so i get it your immune that system is, uh, is weak yeah exactly yeah, exactly because yeah. that's what because it's so similar but it's fine-tuned right because there is something different they must do for I, I remember it in fact when i i told you this when i watched the seven seven bombing coverage and that was when i was like damn they really believe this shit over there but like, <laughs> we have our own version of it right which uh you yeah. know our nbc programming and be like this is you know highly highly sus uh, so it makes sense that you were in the united states but i don't know i think they use i think the fear of uh world war three is still more valuable to them than an actual world war three i do know that they are deranged psychopaths who want to bring about the end of the world i, I no doubt there are people who uh feel that way in, uh, involved in this but at the end of the day i don't know 
I, I don't know. It just seems to me like the best thing they have right now is the fear. The fear that World War Three is really valuable. Um, the fear of everything. Everything's just so emotionally driven that why would they take that off the table? Then we'd have to like, if we do World War Three, we have to actually confront reality. That's not going to work out well for like people. You know, do you think, do you think they, uh, you know, the, the, the ultimate aim? I think I think there is a sort of a tendency in uh, conspiracy minded people in general so to speak is to is to see the end game as some ultimate dissolution or unpicking of society uh, and you know it, it's put in various different forms even if you just consider it like you know massive like gl- global population contraction or something you know there's a kind of uh, like a like a catastrophic kind of vision i always feel like the thing about that is you surely the, the the play is power you know and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. with you know you require uh the, the goyim so to speak you know right, what i mean right. like, like for, to feel powerful like we're props and you know where are you get the blood where are you gonna put yeah, the we, we're the source of that know? energy and ego mm-hmm. and, you know i i never quite saw it in that way but um but you think you think that is there is an, an ultimate aim to to create kind of destruction per se rather than kind of emotional or psychological destruction and chaos. Well, okay. I think there's a few things. There is depopulation. I think that's just, that's iterative. That, I never have thought of that as I know, although it's it's like a feature, not a bug type of thing where it's like, yeah. you're going to be doing depopulation and different things uh, at all times uh, for various reasons. I feel like it's always it's about a perpetual chaos that you're managing, right? So it's not an end state of chaos and it's not a perfect state of order. It's like that constant it's that constant tension between them because that's how the, the grift is run. The grift is being run off of like the threat of everything coming completely undone or the promise of order finally happening, but it never happens. It's always like this like liminal state. We're always in this liminal state really of between those things. And I think there is a there is a grift. The caveat I guess they'd make is I think, I believe there's like astrological changes. So I think there's like a, a cycle that they're prepared for that they are very much aware is happening that will change things and in, or very much like this concept of a new age right but the, what what where i differ is i think that they are been stage managing a new age a an aquarian age or whatever you know uh in anticipation of such a thing because they know that they wouldn't survive that there's a they've run a grift i think there's people who have run a grift on the planet for a long time and i think they want to keep the grift going and there's an opportunity for that not to continue and they don't want people to know about the opportunity, first of all. And but the lease is up. I keep saying it, the planetary lease is up, and like they don't want people to know there even is a lease uh, or that that they hijacked it for a long time. And so that's kind of like where I see this Israel thing is like, oh, you guys are desperate. Think of how many media assets they have sacrificed in the last two months who can never go back to doing what they did before. <laughs> They're gonna have to do a whole new. I mean, they have plenty. There's plenty of people who want to be in media, whatever. But you know what I mean? Like they've given up a lot. They threw everything at the wall for this Israel thing. Like it's been going for two months and still like not really material. Like everyone's still where they were two months ago. Nothing's changed. You know, you're either like whatever. So uh, to me, it feels like the only benefit that's really come out of it is I told David this earlier. I feel like it's the fact that a lot of realignment happened and people were starting to work in coalitions. People were actually starting to do things and be like, hey, we all don't like these mandates, for example. So we're going to work together to defeat these mandates, even though we wouldn't have normally done this previously. That's very threatening. That's very threatening. To the, and it was happening a lot, like just socially. It's happening a lot, you know, and as I think that is uh, not good for the people in power. And I think that's one of the benefit of this thing is that it's a big, you know, like a gunk up, gunk in the motor, you know, or whatever. It's really like kind of forced people to kind of realign again, because like 
it's just like an annoying distraction. Now we've seen a bunch of people that we liked kind of be like annoying about Israel or go pro-Palestinian. On the left, you've got the left liberal coalition kind of at odds with each other. Like it kind of uh, all the best, the best thing it got out of this so far, as far as I can tell, is that it like fractured the discourse, you know, realigned us again. Mm -hmm. But, you know, whatever, whatever. It still seems desperate. It still seems desperate to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. (laughs) But they still nobody's gone up on that magic rock. They have not blown up whatever's whatever's in there. And I'm st- I, the more I learn about this, whatever's up on that rock. That's very strange. But it, it, whatever, you know, there was no cow. I've yet to see a red heifer. Yet to see it. True, this is true. You know, I was I, I, Vice came quite close to sending me to that magic rock to write about the oh Temple God. Society about like fucking twelve years ago or something. Oh my God, this is so crazy. You think now this is this is an old older Vice. You know, I mean, I. I, I and now Gavin McKinnis will come to you, KB. He's looking for curry your favor. I, that is my prediction. You'll be okay. saying uh, McKinnis no the, the Rock. This is my prediction. Uh, he'll be uh, yeah. The table's returning. I would, uh, I would have been gallivanting around in the in the Haifa in the Haifa labs, you know, seeing seeing the the, the work going on in the background. Give me a break. If they engineer it, it's bullshit. That's not going to work. work. It has to it's be. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm gonna be a little anti-Semitic. They're always trying this though, KB. They're always like the whole religion is just circumventing rules. So no, give, give it a try. Let me see how let me see how that lab grown uh, red heifer <laughs> how it does up on that rock. No, it needs to be real red heifer. I'm sorry. Everyone knows that. Do you um, do you have an opinion about um Keith Woods? Wait, who is that? Keith Woods is um is is an Irish. Uh, he, he's just he's just a post. Another Irish person. They don't occur. Another Irish. I, 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 <laughs> no offense. I, I love Ireland. So like Irish. You know, fucking Shane McGowan is. You don't like the Pogues. I feel like you literally like. I feel like you've got an issue with the Irish. I literally part Irish. Isn't that? It's you know what? I'm a self-loathing, self-loathing Irish person. Everyone says I'm a self-loathing gay. No, it's the Irish. It's the mix. I'm not. I'm Irish. Tm. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of that. So there's a lot of that game. Right? Uh, wait, who's Keith Woods? Keith Woods is a is a is a young poster who he seems fucking. I mean, it, it it seems like the most generic thing in the world to call him call a poster Spurgy, yeah. But when okay. I say this guy is Spurgy, like zero emotion at all, like barely a flicker across his face. He's right. very very he's very very young, and the, the, so. I, I have one genuinely right-wing friend, like a self-repping IRL right-wing friend, mm-hmm. and he's, he's a young. This is who's a known fascist. Oh yes, yes, but, yes <laughs> it's a good point. She's not my friend; she's my wife. Uh, but, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Good point as well. <laughs> but uh, he, 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 he's a younger guy, and I met him through the uh, through the COVID wars. You know, nice, we, yeah. we we served side by side IRL, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- when we first met, he immediately sent me this guy who was this, this Irish kid. Some of these videos were five years old. This guy is in his twenties, and um, so you know, pushed back five years or whatever. You know, he was he was, he, looked, he looked like a teenager in his bedroom kind of thing. And I think I think he almost was. And he was speaking <laughs> this very kind of like dull monotone about um, philosophy and politics and nationalism. But he would have a way of really like unpacking it in a very very thorough. Yeah. academic fashion if if academic was a compliment rather than a served right, right, right. insult like he, he was thorough and he was lucid and the first time i saw the first time i saw this guy talk i said i gave a vibe this guy and he was literally like talking in his bedroom kind of thing you know i was like, i get i get the impression this guy could be a um like have a political future 
you know, there was such a sort of a sense of like clarity and purpose to what he was saying. And mm -hmm. I, he was attacking, I don't know if you ever heard it, like I have some sort of academic friends who are in the study of like, I have a very good academic friend who's in the study of nationalism. And he has a standard like leftist critique of, oh, well, the na nation state was an invention of like the fucking... Uh, 16th century you know there's so there's no such thing as people so there's no such thing as nations so you i mean more like 18th century in fact right nationalism it's but, all but, um, yeah. but like um and um uh and so i i appreciated his critique right i was like yeah this is this is fucking this is great and this this kid had a weird weirdly steady hand you know what i'm saying there was mm -hmm, something, mm -hmm. something in him that seemed unair and he, but he was 50, you know, some of his best videos would have 15,000 views or something. He was a nobody per se. And then two, three years later, this guy is like um, retweeted all the time by Elon Musk. Like he's hanging out, you know, he's he's kind of been chummy with uh, your guy Fuentes, not your guy, Full House, but yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he is a fan of gay. You're, you're correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, of your, one of yours. Yeah, yeah, clearly. And, um, and he's, um, and and then because and he'd built this like huge he was engaging a lot with um Elon Musk over the anti ADL thing and he's basically I would describe his his ideology as um uh I would say anti Semitic nationalism by which I don't mean that he's 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 racist per se I just mean that mm -hmm. the, rather than being kind of philo Semitic what right wing. He's, he's he's deeply skeptical of and critical of it just Jewish happens people. to be creative because unfortunately if you're critical of uh yeah that it means you're anti-semitic but yeah, 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 yeah i don't yeah i, I mean i mean it ideologically right he's yeah. critical yeah he's critiquing yeah he's, critiquing. he's not their, he's not on their nuts he's not sucking he's, he's certainly not on their nuts <laughs> on the contrary <laughs> on the contrary right anyway he he then he's just showing people it's a possibility if you'd seen this kid in his bedroom two, three years ago, you were like, hey, he's doing really, really well, you know. And um, uh, But then then when the Irish shit kicked off, you know, there was this hokey mm -hmm. fucking mass stabbing, then these riots that followed. Mm -hmm. It seemed like pretty mm -hmm. typical style play. Yeah, yeah. But he, then you had, and I, I think that I felt like that maybe coming back to Conor McGregor, I have a bit of a history of spotting uh, future leaders, right? So mm -hmm. first time I saw Barack Obama, it was like... Um, 2000 and uh, he was when he first announced as a candidate for, the, for when he first got the nomination he mm -hmm. just announced and i said to i said to my American friends this guy's going to be your next president and it was still comical that a black right, guy right, 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 president right, right. and they were like ha 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 i don't think he's going to beat hillary da, 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 da. and he was nobody then with trump in 2015 i said everyone was still laughing i said next president of the usa me and ann coulter uh, nice <laughs> me and ann coulter. she's on have you seen her she was on john john mark I I feel like I. Who do you feel like in the in the Republican field is going to get it? She's always he was right, like, honestly. He was like always. Donald Trump, and there's this howl of hilarious uh, <laughs> scorn, yes, sure like yes. gen genuine hilarity and scorn from the from the audience. Right, um, mm -hmm. is it's an incredible uh, mm -hmm. sound you hear. And I, I had this in my workplace at the time, 2015. I said, "Next president of the USA." Oh, I was I was ribbed about it, ribbed about it, ribbed about it, and then, and then you know, come the election, treated as some kind of prophet, and then uh, I saw this kid, and I said, I said, future leader in his bedroom, and um, and now because of what's happened in Ireland with the stabbing and the riots, then this kind of sudden upsurge of like Irish nationalism, which is inherently ethno nationalistic, um, he he's like at the absolute center of the debate. He's talking about forming political coalition. Simultaneously, as soon as Conor McGregor started, who 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 you thought I was talking about earlier, right. I, do you I, remember? Yeah, Irish yeah. fighter. 
not Shane mm-hmm. McGann, Conor McGregor. As soon as he popped up above the parapet and started tweeting about it, um, I was like, next, uh, the future El Duce of Ireland. Now he's like, I'm going to run for president. Conor right. McGregor has literally right. said, I am going to run for president. And this was, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, days after I said, as soon as I saw it, I said, ah, future. So I, I have this track record. And uh, I think I think Ireland might might turn uh, ethno-nationalist fascist, you know, like it's got, you know, this this kid Woods could be like the Hess to McGregor's kind of demagogue. Yeah, yeah. And, for uh, Stephen Miller in for American parlance. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Wait, are you saying we should move to Ireland and be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going. I mean, I'm going blood. back. I'm with. We're, we're getting our getting our <laughs> DNA test. We're waving them at the. Oh my god! Head. I get black KB, and I'm gonna show up and be like, "You all thought you were niggers, huh? Well, guess who's here? Cousin <laughs> yeah. has arrived we're from across we'll the have Atlantic. To, we'll have to get you up to date with them. Um, the pokes and uh fairy tale of new york there's a bit, a bit of work to do if you're gonna there's park. gonna be a lot of learning there's gonna be a lot of yeah. learning unfortunately that's a, that, that is that is true but i've seen the commitments I'm, it's a head start it's not a bad start. not bad it's not bad yeah, you know yeah. and you i can, do they like they don't like you too right do they like do they i really like hate you too no, i don't think they're like perfect but mixed feelings i think official island which is this term for for kind of bloodsucker bureaucratic um ngo <laughs> island you know um, <laughs> They like they like Bono, I guess. Well, but um, like the know. one that, the one that was in the parliament saying like we're going to take your rights away for the trainees. Yeah. We've got to protect <laughs> the trainees. Uh, every Irishman has to have his tongue cut out of his fucking face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that. It's that. Simple. That's nature, KB. That's nature. It's just nature's way. <laughs> uh, KB, this has been a lot of fun. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna set you free. I I'm glad we did this. I'm so happy that this happened. Um, and. Uh, I just yeah, I want to thank you. I wish you. I, I don't know when this actually will air because this is a pre, it's a pre holiday tape. You know how it is in the biz. We're we're stocking up on uh, episodes on Christmas Day. Put out on Christmas Day. And, I feel like this awesome. is a Christmas Day episode. Yeah, maybe it feels yeah, like yeah. a Christmas Day episode. Demiurge, you know. Oh my God, yeah, you're and America's next top Brit dad, who's like a father Christmas figure in many ways. I would say <laughs> you. Oh my gosh, no, that's that was the plan. Um, which is I appreciate you. I wish you Merry. I wish you a Merry Christmas. I guess, Merry my friend. Christmas. Thank you for joining me. Where uh, where can people find you? Give us like the the KB, uh, yeah, just the universe. What what can people do to support you? Um, oh, nothing, nothing. I can support. <laughs> but you could you, you can you can find me on Twitter at, at Golden Tooth. And if you and if you were to type in KB Goldtooth into even Google, you will find a, a few of my uh, articles mm-hmm. and, and, and such mm-hmm. like. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully more of, more of those to come soon. Got some fiction on its way, you know. That's, uh, been in the been in the works for for most of the year. So hopefully have it out in the next couple of months. I'm very excited. I feel 2024 feels uh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of good things happening. I feel like uh, yeah. That's all. That's all I'll say. I guess for now, it feels it feels good. Uh, I look forward to these things, uh, KB. Please follow KB and go look at KB. Like myself, I feel like is very shadow man. I feel like we both suffer from a desegmentation. I will call it. We're, we are throttled. I feel like it's hard to get our, our both of our words out. I need this reminder to go back and check KB's tweets because I don't see like honestly, I, I avoid the timeline honestly a lot nowadays anyway because I just don't want to learn about uh, facts <laughs> from the Middle East or whatever. It's fun not knowing, but I also like. Uh, even when I'm scrolling, like it, 
they do really nasty things to uh, people who are smart and witty and brilliant like myself and KB, which is fine. They can do that for the short term. It, it won't work. It, it won't work. It's a it's a stopgap for a short term solution. But please check out KB. Everything he does is dripping with British delight. <laughs> Here, he's a Tur- he's a real Turkish delight. I don't know. I'm really stuck up on like some Narnia shit. Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot, KB, and ask you: uh, Do you have a final thought for the listening audience? Um. Yeah, just that uh, I was so interested in what Turkish delight could taste like from when I first read CS mm-hmm. as a child, and I couldn't believe the fucking shit I ended up with in my mouth. You know, like my god, that was it. That was a psyop. The fucking <laughs> Turkish big big Turkish delight was behind that shit. live and it's real and everybody knows now that it's live and it's real it's all in a moment thanks a lot it's good to meet you today thanks so much thank you